Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you. I will be your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Always a blessing to be with you and to be with you as we end the work week and the school week. And so I am here ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. The call-in line is 303-690-3000. And so let's end the, the work week, the school week. Um, uh, on a good note, let's let's talk about the things of the Lord, uh, the things that are important to you. If you have Bible questions, please call in. And love to uh, go to the Word of God together with you and to be able to get some answers and clarity and understanding. Uh, because from Genesis 1-1, to Revelation twenty two twenty one. This is the inspired Word of God. It's the infallible Word of God. It's the inerrant Word of God. And we can trust it. And it is perfect. And it is truth. And so we can go to God's Word together to get the answers that we need. And I'll do my best to answer your questions. So the call in line again is 303-690-3000. As most of you know how this works is we have... Um, open lines right now so grab one of those open lines early in the show and uh and uh, you'll be on the air there's another means for you to be able to ask questions and give prayer requests and that's through a dedicated text line no one will answer that uh number but you can text in a question in a prayer request 720-336-0897 is the text line and so we desire for you to text in a question if that's better for you or easier for you. Just make sure that you're safe uh, as you're texting. And we'll go to those text questions as we're waiting for the phone lines to ring. But, uh, hey, if you got a question, grab one of those open lines right now. want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range on this windy day in January. And so welcome from Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs all up into northern Colorado, uh, the metro area of Denver, of course, uh, Boulder, Fort Collins, Longmont, uh, Greeley, up into southern Wyoming, Laramie, and Cheyenne. Welcome, welcome to Calvary Live. So glad that you can join us today. So blessed to be with you. I also want to welcome all those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM and Truth FM. You too can call that Call in line at 303-690-3000 or text in at 720-336-0897 for your question and prayer requests. Uh, and we're so grateful to be a part of your lives there on the East Coast. And uh, so give us a call. Just want to remind you as you're listening to those radio stations that the broadcast is a week delayed. Uh, but you can call in and someone will answer. You can ask your questions or give your prayer requests. And then you can listen to it next week. I want to welcome all the online listeners as well. As you um, 
have joined us all around the country. And uh, we always encourage you that uh, if you're new to the show, uh, that you would uh, just download the app on your smartphones, on your tablets. Uh, Grace FM uh, is the uh, website for you to check out on your computers. You can listen live and also great radio uh, teaching, Bible teaching that takes place 24-7. So we're so blessed uh, to have that and so blessed to have Calvary Live. Uh, would love to have you call in. So grab one of those open lines. Let me know that you're out there. I know uh, we got a holiday weekend uh, with Martin Luther King weekend coming, uh, but love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. You know, one of the things that I was reading a short article is in this time of the year, we find ourselves in um, where a lot of people are discouraged or down or or um, they are, um, you know, just kind of feeling um downcast and discouraged or depressed or whatever. And uh, they say that this time of the year in January is when more people feel that. And they say it's because it's the dog days of winter. Um, The Christmas bills are starting to come in. It's cold. The days are short. So these all these factors. And certainly we can feel it. Um, We can feel um, you know, just down and discourage any season. But if you're in that season, uh, not just emotionally, but spiritually, maybe perhaps that you're in a season where it feels cold, uh, where um, it just feels frosty uh, in your heart and, and, and towards the Lord. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. I want to read to you from Psalm 43, Um, that the psalmist writes, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. He's the one that is our hope. He's the one that is our help. And we can praise him during those times. And so if you're in a season where it feels discouraged or you're down or um, that there's no hope, there's always hope in Christ, We want to give you the truth of God's Word. We want to pray with you. We want to encourage you in any way that we can. I want you to remember is that spring is going to come. It's going to come. And the Lord desires to build you up and to lift you up as you look to Him. And as you praise Him, even in the season, you can praise Him, even when it's difficult. And so give me a call. Uh, The call in line, 303-690-3000. We got some open lines, but let's go ahead and start um, in Maryland, where Mike is on line one. Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you guys out east? Oh, great. Oh, it's getting a little cool out here. Uh, I think it yeah. drops uh, every night twenty degrees more. Yeah, yeah. It's just well, it, thanks for it's late. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. Great. Thank you for your show. I appreciate it. I've been listening to maybe for about a year now, and I've learned a lot, almost more than uh, going to church and listening to only a few verses that they would say. But my question is, for tonight, the the wages of sin are death. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, The thought of what I have is, we know Jesus died for our sins. Right. And... uh, is, is this a punishment we'll receive in, the, in our spiritual rebirth? Uh, what I'm saying is, I read the book of Acts last night. I, I've read the Bible, but I go back and I just got finished all my the Gospels. 
Matthew, mm-hmm. Mark, Luke, and John. And then okay. uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, it talks about uh, our Lord will bring the Holy Spirit upon. He will, I guess, loosen it to everywhere, to everyone. And then his people will prophesy. What it, it says it won't take place until the end of that time when Jesus Christ will return, until after his return. And my second okay. part for a second question, yeah, this would be kind of silly. It's, uh, did they ever play games in Jerusalem, or was he a very serious man, Jesus? Uh, was it any fun besides fishing? <laughs> You know, you're, you know, Mike, you're talking to a fisherman because I love fishing. And, and so I, I just had to chuckle when you say, you know, he didn't have, you know, did he have any fun besides fishing? And, um, and so, um, the second part of your question, and I just want some clarity on the first part, what you were asking about. Um, but I believe that Jesus, his countenance was a countenance of joy. Um, it's interesting. You know, we see, the movies or perhaps see the pictures where Jesus is so serious, you know, and he's talking slow. And 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 I think that he was one that uh, the kids wanted to come to him, that he smiled, um, that he uh, was something that, um, and someone that the people wanted to be around. Uh, it says in Mark's gospel that the common people heard him gladly. The ones that were so serious and had a snarl on their face was the religious leaders, you know, and coming down on everyone. But Jesus had, um, you know, a, a countenance of gladness, and he was one that um, I believe laughed. He was one that um, was full of the joy of the Lord. Um, he was one that was full of the spirit of the Lord, um, and I have no no doubts about that. The common people heard him gladly, and um, he he was one that um, when he rebuked the religious leaders, he did it with authority, and but he was also one that was full of compassion. You know, the one thing that we do read about the autobiography of Jesus that he says of himself is in Matthew chapter eleven, and in Matthew chapter eleven, um, it tells us that he says, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." And then he, um, he says, come learn of me, for I am lowly, and uh, I am humbled and gentle, or full of meekness, is what he says. He was one that was meek, and meekness does not mean weakness. It means strength under control. It tells us in Matthew's Gospel that he looked at the multitude and was full of compassion. Uh, I believe that when Jesus would rebuke, you know, um, do some rebuking, that he wasn't doing it with the finger pointing and a harshness. I think he was doing it with tears in his eyes. Um, and and so I think that he had those emotions, and I, I think that he was one that um, was just full of the joy of the Lord and, and gentleness and meekness was his characteristics and full of compassion and love for the people. And the people noticed that. And, I do understand um, that, but it seems like he was really upset for a lot of times telling them what you did wrong, what, what's right, right, what's wrong. And it's just an ongoing thing. Like, nobody understood who he was, even the apostles. It's like they right. backed off on certain parables that he said, and he didn't know what they were saying or what he was yeah. saying. 
And I think that when you, the more you read the Bible, you kind of get a sense of, um, you know, when he uh, would bring those correction to the um, the apostles, you know, when he he would say, "Oh, what should I do with this generation, perverse generation?" You know, those seems like hard words and stuff. But I think that he said it with uh, tenderness and with with uh, care to the apostles at times. I think that he was harsh to the religious leaders uh, because, you know, he, it says in, in uh, when he went into the synagogue and healed a man with a withered hand, that he looked at the religious leaders with anger. It was a righteous anger. So, yeah, he had, um, here's the thing. John says that he was full of truth and full of grace. And he was the perfect combination of that. And if you have where it's just all grace and no truth, then you can be flaky. And, you know, people go around, oh, God loves everybody, and God, you know, is going to save everybody, and we're all going to end up in blitz together. But if it's just all truth and there's no grace with it, then it can be harsh. He was the perfect combination of grace and truth is what John chapter 1 says. So that's what I have for that. Now, the first question that you had, again, you were talking about sin, or can you rephrase that for me, Mike? Sir? Can you rephrase the first question that you had? Yeah. Uh, I was listening to your answer, and I kind of was thinking about another question. I kind of got lost in that. Okay. But you had another question, the first question. I didn't quite get what you were wanting to ask. Um, oh, the wages of sin or death. Uh, how, will, yes. how will we be um, condemned for that? I mean, will he—I mean, you can only go one place or the other. As far as I know, there's only heaven or hell. Right. Uh, when his word is direct. Uh, Here, here's the thing. When, when Paul writes— that the wages of sin is death. He he's given the gospel, and, and Paul. When you read the book of Romans, and that's what you're going to be reading as you finish Acts. You said you went through the Gospels, you read the book of Acts, you go into Romans, and Paul he gives the theme of the book of Romans in verses 16 and 17 of chapter one. He says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Of Christ is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, and for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. For in it is the righteousness of God." as it's revealed from faith to faith, the just shall live by faith. And then in the rest of chapter 1, chapter 2, into chapter 3, he gives um, the truth that we need the gospel because we have all sinned. So then he begins to give the doctrine of justification, justification, um, salvation. And he says, For all have sinned, in verse 23 of Romans 3, and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul in chapters 4, 5 in, um, of uh, Romans, and, and here in chapter 3 of Romans, he gives that doctrine of justification, that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. For God sent forth as a propitiation for the blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. So he's telling us that we're saved by faith um, in Jesus Christ, um, and that Jesus Christ took our sins away as he hung on the cross. Now, when Jesus hung on the cross, he cried out, Mike, it is finished. 
And what Jesus was saying is, I've died for your sins, I've done the work, and he died for our, our sins, being a propitiation that is the satisfaction of a you know righteous God for the righteous requirement for sinful humanity. Our sins are forgiven, period. We're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we're imputed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of what he did on the cross. And that's what's so wonderful about Christianity is that our salvation is based on what he did. It's not based on what we do. But for those who reject that, they will answer for their sins. And Jesus told the religious leaders that if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. But for us who are believers, that, hey, we get to um, have the assurance that our sins are forgiven because of our faith in the cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hey, Mike, thanks. Appreciate it. God bless you. You guys have a good weekend out there in the East, okay? Oh, great. Thank you. You bet. God bless you. Keep listening. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. The call-in number, that text line is 720-336-0897. It's so wonderful to know that we're forgiven our sins uh, in Christ, and that's such a wonderful, wonderful, glorious truth that we have as Christians. But in the meantime, as we got a, an open line uh, open, grab one of those open lines. We're going to go to Decano to Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, I uh, I just I've had I've had a question on my mind for a couple weeks now, and I've tried I tried to text the question, but I did I don't know if that went through a while ago, and um, so I, so it's just I just had a basic question and a prayer request. I was wondering. Um, in the, like, before the millennial kingdom, like, when G, like, when Jesus comes back, will, will, will there be, uh, believers and unbelievers who will be able to, uh, like, be a part of the millennial kingdom? Like, you know, he, he will come back and he will, he will put an end to all evil, right? But do you think, do you think that, that he will let, like, because in the millennial kingdom, there's going to be believers, and there's going to be people who rebel against him in that time as well. Right. According, yeah. according to what? I... Yeah. So what we have is at the end of that seven-year period called the tribulation period, that Jesus will come back and he will touch down on the Mount of Olives. We, the church, will come back with him, and we're going to rule and reign with him. Um, and so what you have is those who have survived the tribulation period. We have Matthew chapter 25, where we see that he separates the sheep from the goats. It's really a judgment for the nations. And so um, those who um, are um, at that point, uh, those who uh, are uh, unbelievers, the, who have done wickedly, um, we know that they um, he separates them as goats. Those who are believers um, that have survived the tribulation period will enter into the millennium reign. That's the way that I understand it. And then you're correct. There's going to be people born in the millennium reign. And at the end of that thousand-year period, we know that Satan's going to lead one last rebellion where a whole bunch of people are going to rebel against the Lord. And uh, he will simply speak, and then he will 
uh, put down that uh, rebellion, and then uh, will come the great white throne judgment. So as far as I understand is is that uh, there's a separation of, there's the judgment of the nations, um, the separation of the sheep and goats. Those, uh, as you read about in Matthew chapter 25, let me read a reference to it. And um, then also he will restore the kingdom, and we know that um, Israel will be saved at that time as well. Paul writes in Romans chapter 11 that all of Israel will be saved. But let me read it to you. Um, the Son of Man will judge the nations. He will say, uh, set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come and blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Does that help out? Yeah, that is that is good, definitely going to give me something to think about. Um, yeah. Oh, um, I was wondering, uh, could you say a, a prayer for me and my family before I let you go as well? Absolutely. Um, anything specific, or you just want prayer? Well, um, my dad has had some kind of—he's had a, like an illness with his uh, foot. He has what is known as MRSA, and mm-hmm. um, I was just wondering, you know, just to you know, pray for us. And uh, you know, I've been Absolutely. been trying to help help him out and stuff, and so I just, yeah. But he he's he's out of town right now, but just, you know, pray that he's safe and that he can get the help that he needs and get healing. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Father, we do pray for Dustin's father has MRSA and Lord in his feet. And um, we just pray for your healing, for relief. Uh, we pray that you touch his body, um, be with him. Um, father, we pray that uh, you would be with Dustin, help him minister to his dad and when we minister to um, our elderly parents, um, it can be difficult, and um, it can be hard, the challenges that are there. So I pray for strength for Dustin. I pray for his family, that um, they would be able to do their best. But, Lord, we pray for you to minister to his dad emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and bring in healing to him and strength and comfort in every way. I thank you for Dustin and his reading the Bible and the question that he had. I pray that as he continues to grow, that you would just um, fill his heart with your word. And Lord, uh, give him the strength um, to minister to his dad. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Dustin. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You have a good weekend. You too. You guys have a good day. Stupid. 303-690-3000 number to call. You know, um, a lot of us, we have responsibility taking care of elderly parents or as they get older. And, 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 and so may the Lord just strengthen you and guide you. But it's so honorable to the Lord as we do that. Um, but it, it does uh, take patience and wisdom and and, uh, and many of us are in the midst of that, and our prayers are with you. So uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. I believe we have an open line, but we're going to go back to the East Coast, New Jersey, to Brandy on line three. Hi, Brandy. Hi. I'm so happy to um, be able to talk to you. Thank you for your service. It's, it's wonderful. I love listening. Well, thank you It's in, uh, for the encouragement, and it's a privilege to be able to do it. Okay, I'm calling because my daughter 
Uh, first of all, I'm a believer, and then I um, was living with somebody. I um, wasn't living 100%, and things went really bad. My daughter went through some serious abuse at somebody else's hands. And um, after that, I kind of fell away. Um, I lived a really hard life. Uh, I was like a prodigal. I came back. I'm very happy with myself right now. I'm very happy with my faith, my relationship with God. I still struggle a little tiny bit. But my daughter was really out um, suffering in the world as an adult. And she, um, we got her into a recovery program that was 100% um, Christian supported. It, it was free. It was Bible-based. And now she has 10 months of riding. She just graduated. She's doing really good. Um, good. The problem is that she has a son, and she went to court to get visitation and was told she has no rights. Um, okay. I want to pray for her relationship with her son to grow, to be able to get back to a relationship with him. I want to pray for her continued um, recovery, and I would like to also pray for um, my strength and my faith. Absolutely. Father, I do pray for Brandy. I pray, uh, I thank you as I hear her testimony she gives of coming back to you. And we're so thankful that you receive us with open arms, just as you did the prodigal you do with us. Lord, I pray that you keep Brandy strong in you, that she keep looking to you. And Lord, growing in your love and in your grace and in your word. And Lord, I also pray for um, her daughter um, who... Um, has gone through a difficult time herself and um, has lost rights to see her son. And I pray that you would open a way for that relationship um, to be restored and in fellowship uh, with her son. Lord, that um, you would just help her daughter um, and, um, as she um, is um, dealing with all of this. I, I just pray that you would work in her and strengthen her and keep her close to you. And I pray for Brandy, you help her minister um, to her um, to her daughter. And Lord, that she would be able to have a relationship uh, as well with um, her grandson. So Father, I lift this family up to you. You know them. You love them. Keep them close to you, Lord. And show yourself strong on their behalf. And Lord, just open a way for them to come together and really be a family that you want them to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. And I I didn't say her name is Maria, so I, I okay. wish I said that too. But um, thank you for your prayers. Thank you, you for your service. I, I yeah. really enjoy listening to you. And good, I always have good. a lot and of questions, but I find out you know after what? I you, hear you that I you find the answers myself, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Well, you don't be afraid to call in, and you know the Lord knows Maria, and we're going to pray for her, okay? And uh, yeah. you keep us updated, okay, Brandy? Oh, I would love that. Thank you. Okay, God bless you. Right. God bless you, You have too. a great weekend. Okay. All right. Bye. We're getting ready to go to a break here in a little bit, and I know that um, we all deal with family issues and stuff and challenges and difficulties, and so we're here to pray with you and minister to you, but... Uh, it can be hard, and I want you to know that the Lord loves you, and He wants to work in your life, and He desires to do that in such a uh, a wonderful way um, in, in whatever that we have for Him. He desires for us 
um, to look to Him. And there's always hope in the Lord. And sometimes it's hard to wait on the Lord when when we are wanting Him um, to work in a situation. But, um, you know, it's not in our nature to do that. We want things to happen right away. But if you're waiting on the Lord, it does not mean, if you feel like nothing's happening, nothing's going on, nothing's taking place, it does not mean that God's not working. You keep looking to Him, keep trusting in Him, and then resting in His love and promises for you. So, hey, we're getting ready to go to a break. Uh, Those of you on the lines, we'll get to you when we get back. We do have an open line, and we're going to go to the only break of the show. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live. You're with Jeff Biggs. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. And with you is uh, on this afternoon, this Friday afternoon. And I hope you're doing well. Hope you are blessed in the Lord. We want to be a blessing to you. And if you have opportunity calling to ask a question, please do so. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. And there is a text line that you can ask a question. It's for texting only and a prayer request. And that's 720-336-0897. Just want to remind you that those of you in northern Colorado, that we're going to be talking about the inspiration of the Bible on Sunday morning as Second Timothy chapter 3. Paul writes, all scripture is inspired by God. It literally means God breathed. And we need to remember that the Word of God, all of it, means all, from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, and that it is uh, this book that we have, the Bible, it has a divine origin from the all-knowing, all-powerful Creator. It is beyond time and culture, and we have the inspired, God-breathed, Word of God put to the page, and it also means it is infallible, and it is inherent. It is perfect. It will not fail. It cannot lie. And so it's really important that we understand that the Bible is inspired, infallible, inerrant. And what does it mean for us? It's profitable for us, and we can have good reasons why we can trust the canon of Scripture. We're going to talk about that on Sunday, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, and um, love to have you come join us. Check out our website, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org, for directions and further information. And we'd love to meet you. Love to meet you and your family. Love to minister to your kids. We got a wonderful children's ministry, nursery. We got middle schoolers that meet. Uh, love to you come out and be blessed in every way. So, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org is our website. Uh, but I believe we're going to go back to the phone lines, and let's go to Russ, who's in Yoder. Hi, Russ. Hi. How's it out there in Yoder? Uh, wind's blowing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. So, but you know, it hasn't it hasn't been bad here in Greeley, but um, I imagine as you get further east, it's it's really blowing out there where you're at. 
Yeah, uh, uh, one blessing about it is I'm going eastbound, so I'm saving on gas because we got a west wind. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like the jet stream coming through there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got a question for me? Uh, yes, uh, in our Bible study, we've been uh, in John, and and uh, it it talks about abiding. Uh, it, says abide in me and i will abide in you and of course it talks about uh um, you know our fruits uh you know and, um, but i i kind of started researching a little bit deeper and and i i feel like this abiding has a connection with um with grace, uh, that, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, that undeserved uh, favor of God. And, and I just wanted to get your, uh, viewpoint on that. Yeah, I, I certainly would think that there's a connection because, you know, to abide with Jesus, you know, he says, abide with me. And in, in John's gospels, he makes these incredible I am statements. These are statements of deity that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection, the life. I am the door. I am, you know, um, you know, the bread of life. He says, I am the vine in this. And in that, as he says, abide in me, that, that speaks of relationship. And the only reason we can have relationship is because of his incredible grace. And to be able to be connected to him, um, abide in him, stay close to him, um, speaks of his incredible grace, uh, and that's why Jesus came, and because our sins separated us from him. Uh, we were talking about this in a previous caller, and we were spiritually dead, Ephesians chapter 2, but because of his great love for us, and now as Ephesians 2 goes on to say, he has saved us, and we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. So I say, you know, it is connected to to be able to have, and it's speaking of relationship, to have a relationship with the true and living God is only based on his grace. It's all grace. And um, so I believe that there is a connection that is there. I mean, another translation for abide is remain in. And I know we, we that's our goal is to always abide or remain in right. in Jesus. And he's going to always remain in us. But but being human, our remaining or abiding kind of ebbs and flows every once in a while. And, but that's where that grace, I feel, like kind of mm-hmm. kicks in or, or helps yeah. us out uh, well, when in we're yeah. kind of yeah. disobedient in this abiding, you know? Exactly, because, you know, John says in his epistle that if we sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, you know, we have uh, that uh, opportunity to come and ask for forgiveness. And, you know, I was just talking to a caller from the East Coast that she was given kind of her testimony that she was a prodigal and, and that she was away from the Lord, and she's come back to the Lord, and she's close to the Lord. So the Lord's desire is for us to abide in Him, remain there, um, that we may bear fruit, and that our joy may be full. And um, but in those times where uh, we do fail and and um, falter, and uh, His grace is so incredible, He is faithful 
even when we're faithless, because he cannot deny himself. He's true in his grace, the unmerited favor of God. If we didn't have grace, we wouldn't have anything. Didn't say just abide in me, but he's saying, I'm going to abide in you also, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so it's kind of, you know, to me, it, it just, uh, it's so powerful. Yeah. One verse, Absolutely. you know, when he says that, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners that in John 15, 4, he says, I am the vine, uh, or, you know, I am the branches in verse 5, but he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so speaking of that relationship, and he, you know, Christ lives in us, and that's an incredible truth as well. Paul says, I tell you a mystery, that Christ lives in our hearts, that God dwells in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that is just absolutely incredible. We are blessed as Christians, aren't we? Yes. Oh, definitely. Truly blessed. Yeah. Even when the wind blows. Even when the wind blows. <laughs> hey, you be careful out there, okay? Keep both okay, hands well, on the thank steering you wheel. Very much. I love your show. All right, Russ. Thank you, Russ. God bless you. Bless you. Bye bye. As that wind is blowing around, especially you guys out in Well County and in Morgan County and Yuma County and and all of that is blowing out there. Keep both hands on the steering wheel. God bless you guys. So grateful that Grace FM, the uh, we got a powerful signal up here. It even gets the parts of the Panhandle, Nebraska, up into southern Wyoming. And uh, always good to hear from you guys. So give me a call. I believe we have a couple open lines. Um, and I'd love for you to be able to... Uh, call in. The call-in number is 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. And Katie from Aurora has been waiting patiently. Katie, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Katie? Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks um, for being patient. I just had a question. Um yeah, no, no, no worries. I was driving. Um, you'll hear kids in the background because I have my two boys in the car with me. But um, hopefully <laughs> they'll be kind of quiet. But um, <laughs> um, so I had a question. It was from um, Hebrews eight eleven, and it's it mm-hmm. talks about um, how um, you know it's talking about the new covenant and you know just Jesus' supremacy and all that. And then it's talking. I can't remember if the I think maybe it's the reference um, is from Jeremiah. I can't remember, but it talks about um, how, like, well, open it um, all will know me. Um, it's like, no, there's, wait, it says um, we won't be teaching, like, you know, there won't, they, we won't be teaching uh, one of okay. our neighbors anymore because all will know me. I'm, I'm yeah. summarizing it. I'm just thinking about my question. It has to do with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just what, you, what you, time period is that referencing? Or is that just like, is that a, I've heard so many different, I've tried to yeah. look into commentaries and listen to sermons, and I listened to a John MacArthur one. I was like, I don't know if I, I just thought, wanted to see what, if you had insight on that. Yeah, so in chapter 8 of Hebrews, and I'm going to put on my thinking cap, because as you kind of mentioned it, and you summarized it very well, the writer of Hebrews is saying that there there's a need for the new covenant. Um, the old covenant uh, fell short. 
not that the covenant itself fell short, but man falls short. We we can't keep the law. We break the law. Um, the law will not save us. It, it declares that we're guilty. Um, and so um, as he does that, um, he is making the case, the writer of Hebrews, of the superiority of the new covenant. Um, and if if the old covenant was good enough, um, then um, we would not need the new covenant. If the old covenant was enough to bring salvation, then we wouldn't need the new covenant. But we needed the new covenant. Um, and so, you know, that's where he's making the case in that that leads to. And then he quotes from Jeremiah chapter 31. And in Jeremiah 31, he's quoting you know, um, that there's going to be the time where the new covenant is going to come. And I'm going to kind of read it for the sake of our, our listeners, because at the as he's quoting from verses 31 and 34 of Jeremiah 31, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant. I disregarded them, says the Lord, for this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, this is the reference you were asking about, and none his brother saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. I think that this new covenant um, is is so amazing that it, it it speaks of the time when Israel, God's people, are going to enter into this new covenant, and um, they are going to come in to where they're going to know Jesus. Even as Paul writes in Romans chapter eleven, in that day all of Israel will be saved. Their eyes will be open. We know at the end of the tribulation period that um, that you know they will come to know that Jesus is their Messiah. And then in the millennium reign, what you have is this promise that, that they will know the Lord, they'll follow after the Lord. We see many promises in Jeremiah, Isaiah of that time frame. And I believe when it says that uh, when, you know, he, he's quoting that, you shall um, know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful of their unrighteousness. None of them shall teach his neighbor nor his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. He's saying that, you know, that um, their hearts are going to be towards them uh, when all of Israel is going to be saved. So I think that's a reference to that, uh, speaking of the restoration of Israel that will come. Agree. It sounded like it was something that was for Israel. Like I was like, is it for Israel? And like after the, like you know, like I was like, is it okay? So it sounded like what you said makes to- like so much sense. That is really yeah. simple. Like it's not hard. Like it's not hard because I was like, all of this sounds super like like other commentaries I was reading. I was like, I don't think that's it. That sounds <laughs> well over complicated yeah. and like it doesn't. I'm like, I think it's. I don't know. So um, but yeah, that makes the, total sense, and it's biblically accurate as well. Yeah. So. And the thing about it, Katie, is is that um, the book of Hebrews can be a very technical book because there's a lot of Old Testament quotations. 
it speaks of the Old Testament system, tabernacle, sacrifices, and all of that. And I think the way to keep the book of Hebrews in um, a, a way that you can understand it is because the Hebrew mind could understand exactly what is being said. But for us, it can be a little difficult. But I think that um, we can understand it as the writer of Hebrews making the case that Jesus is superior. He's superior than any other religious leader, Moses or Joshua or anyone else. He's superior than any angels. He uh, is superior in his priesthood uh, because the reader would say, hey, Jesus wasn't from the tribe of Levi. He was from the tribe of Judah. He couldn't be in the priesthood. Well, he's from a superior priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. He ministers in a superior, you know, sanctuary, and his sacrifice was superior because it took away sins once and for all. And this new covenant that we're in is a superior covenant because it's based on the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice that took away sins once and for all. The old covenant could not bring salvation, and that's why you got to be careful, Katie, because there are those who say, well, there's a dual covenant, that the Jews were saved under the old covenant, and um, and then, you know, everybody else under the new covenant. If the old covenant could save, Jesus didn't have to come and die for our sins. But the writer of Hebrews makes the case that the old covenant had to be replaced, the old covenant had to be nullified for the new covenant to come in based on faith in Jesus Christ and that he is indeed the Son of God who died for our sins to take away sins because the animal sacrifices couldn't do that. So I think that's the easiest way to really get the gist of what the book of Hebrews is saying. Okay. Thank you so much. That is, I'm just really thankful to have like a clear answer that I'm like, it just like that. That's it. That's what it is. So. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you too. Thank you. You you have a great weekend with those boys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, I know. Yeah. All right. God bless you, Katie. Always love to hear the sound of children. Um, what a um, uh, what a blessing it is. And you know, one of the things that um, if for those of you, I I I really, um, you know, last Sunday when we are going through Second Timothy three. The thing is, these are the words of, of Paul, the last words of Paul the Apostle to Timothy, to the church, before he faces the axemen. He's in a Mandarin dungeon in Rome. It's a terrible place. And he's writing to Timothy, and he's saying, Timothy, oh, it's going to be perilous times in the last days. He gives a description of the characteristic of man, uh, lovers of self, and then it ends with lovers of pleasures. Those are the bookends. And then everything else, brutal, you know, um, and and fierce and uh, out of control. Uh, all these things. It's a misdirected love, is what we have. Um, and um, we also um, know that Paul says that there's those who um, you know have a form of godliness but denying his power. From such turn away, Timothy. And and he says all who. Uh, live godly in Christ Jesus, will suffer persecution, and evil men and impostors are going to grow worse and worse. But he says what our response is, and this is something that is really on my heart to pass to our congregation and to all of you that are listening, you must continue in the scriptures that you've learned from childhood. And it's interesting, that Greek word childhood, brethos, 
is from an infant. And Paul had made reference to Timothy having a, a grandmother, Lois, um, and uh, a mother, Eunice, that taught him the scriptures from childhood, spoke the Old Testament scriptures, and then they would come into the fuller understanding of you know the gospel when Paul came on his first missionary journey there in Acts chapter 15. But I just want to encourage you, and it reminds me, hearing ch- children in you know, um, the background, teach them the scriptures, uh, mom and dads, grandparents, teach them the scriptures. And for all of us to continue in the scriptures, that's what we must do in these perilous times because um, that is uh, what is going to keep us wise for salvation and it's going to help us in a day in which we're in and keep us in truth where we're not deceived. The scripture is beyond time and culture. And what happens is, can happen to any of us, is that we go to church and we hear Bible study week after week, or we have our devotions, and we can kind of very subtly take it for granted. And we don't want to do that. Uh, we don't want culture to, to impress upon us what we are to believe. It is all inspired by him, and we can trust it. And, and believe in it, and walk in wisdom because of the Word of God, and be assured of our salvation, and walk in truth. Know the Scriptures, continue in the Scripture. That is the great need for our lives and in the church today that is becoming more perilous, and evil men and imposters are growing worse and worse. So just want to pass that along um, to you. I want to encourage you in, in that, and, um, and uh, just be... Uh, blessed knowing that we have the Bible grow in the scriptures. So I love these questions, and, and it blesses me when I hear somebody that's calling um, that is asking questions about their Bible reading and listening to Bible study. Uh, it's so wonderful. So keep growing in the scriptures and also be in fellowship with believers. It's so important that we do that in the day. Don't be isolated. Don't be alone. We need each other. Um, it's a place where you can be encouraged and strengthened and prayed for, where you can use your gifts. So just some exhortations that I want to give while we got a little bit of time, because I believe we have open lines is what we have. And um, we did have somebody that was um, waiting online, uh, somebody anonymous from, from Denver. Um, and so they dropped. But I do want to pray for this this. Uh, a woman who called in asking for prayer for her husband. Father, I do pray. Uh, you know who she was, um, and um, she couldn't stay on the line. She was waiting. But, Lord, I, I do want to um, lift up her husband to you for favor for his job. You know the situation. You know um, what their needs are. So, Lord, I pray that you would work, um, that he would find favor for his job, Um, that you would provide for them, um, that you would give him wisdom and strength and uh, everything, guidance, everything that he needs. So, Lord, we just lift up this uh, family to you uh, as they called in for a prayer request. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, I got a text question, kind of interesting, that 1 Corinthians 15 says, flesh and blood can not enter the kingdom of God, does that mean that our resurrected bodies will just be spiritual and not physical? That's a good question, because I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
And of course, that's the longest chapter in uh, that epistle, uh, 1 Corinthians, and it's dealing with the resurrection. And Paul's making a case in that chapter because Jesus rose from the grave that we have the hope that we will be resurrected. But in verse 50 of 1 Corinthians 15, let me find it for you here. Yes, it says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. But behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So it's a good question. Um, it, you know, um, when Paul writes that flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God, it does not mean that our resurrected bodies will not be physical. It will be a physical resurrection, just as Jesus physically rose from the grave, and that's the very foundation of our faith. Not a spiritual resurrection. He rose bodily from the grave, and um, because of that, we have the promise that we will have new bodies. Uh, but when he says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, he's talking about our flesh and blood um, that is mortal, uh, perishable, our bodies now. Uh, and, and that's what it's speaking of, um, mortal humanity, and that's why I read the rest of the verses there following verse 50, uh, must be made to uh, immortal uh, bodies in order to survive in heaven. So our resurrected bodies will be incorruptible, will be immortal, will last forever, will be vastly different from our bodies now. Our bodies now will wear out, um, and they will die eventually unless we're raptured, and Paul does mention that in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, that is a reference to the rapture of the church when, when that trumpet is blown. But we will all receive believers in Christ's new heavenly body. So just wanted to pass that along, um, and uh, that is a very good question, and that's what Paul is making reference to um, in that as well. Also, there is a text question that has come in, Will we serve God in the afterlife? And that's another very good question. And yes, we will serve God in various capacities. We know that in the millennium reign, that we will rule and reign with him. That's what Revelation chapter 5 tells us, that uh, we will rule and reign with him. And then also, um, we know that uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, that do you not know that uh, we're going to judge angels? So we're going to judge angels. What does that mean? I don't know exactly, but uh, it seems to indicate that when we are ruling and reigning, and keep in mind that Jesus told the parable of the talent, the parable of the minas, he talked about that. He talked about how the things that are entrusted to us now are very important uh, as we, um, you know, go into eternity, that you that have been a good steward, invested what God has given to you, you'll rule over ten cities, five cities. So uh, Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel tells of those two parables. Uh, read the parables. But what has been given to us, the Gospel, gifts and talents, opportunities, invest in the kingdom of God, and we're going to rule and reign with him. We're going to rule over ten cities, five cities. I don't understand it all, but we're going to be rewarded. And we know that we're going to rule and reign with him. We're going to judge angels. We'll probably be 
I don't know, telling angels, go do this and go do that and, and all of that. And then also in uh, Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, we are told that believers will reign forever and ever. So we'll be involved in some capacity in the heavenly government. So I want to encourage you as we get ready to end the show here is that you serve the Lord now. And there's rewards and, and blessing and crowns to be given for those of us who are serving him now. And to hear those words should be our desire when we stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ as well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And that is the reality for us as believers. So I hope that just stirs your heart. Serve him and listen. Serving him now, there, there is blessing and there's such joy. Serve the Lord in whatever opportunity he's given to you, gifts he's given to you. Um, he desires to use ordinary people like us. And we're going to rule and reign. So I kind of consider this boot camp right now on this side of eternity. And I am looking so forward to being with him, the glorious promises that are given to us. So hope that's an encouragement to you. Hey, be in fellowship this weekend. Invite somebody to church. And God bless you. And we're going to see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. So grateful for all you who called in. God bless you. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.